Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Welcome. I am Mark and she is Marsha and we're delighted to be spending our time with you. Got a great show. Got a lot of interesting topics today. If you haven't heard us before, we cover everything technology and social media and movies and stuff. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about some fun things like what happened to CES this year and Radio Shack going crypto. I mean, that's kind of a funny story. (laughs) The whole thing is bizarre. Yeah, so lots of good stuff going on there. You know, it's funny. Merry Christmas, Mark. Did you get Merry all, Christmas, yeah. After did, did you get all yep. everything you needed and wanted a dream job? I did, yes. <laughs> yep, Santa was very kind to me. He, he brought me all kinds of really cool stuff, some uh, some Bitcoin and, you know, some other You got really Bitcoin? Cool so, did you? Did you get Bitcoin? I think no, that's I cool. No, Nobody gave me Bitcoin. Nah. I want Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I, I can't. You want Bitcoin? I, I'll send you a Bitcoin. How much well, are you, they? Let's see. Uh, well, no, Actually, I can't even send, send you one, Marsha. They're like no, 30000 40000 But you don't have to send one. You can, like, say, uh, you can buy $10 worth of Bitcoin. It's like fractional shares. Yeah. So right, you can exactly. do that. So if any you know, yeah. New Year's right, present, let me see what I anyone can do. wants. Because I don't know how to set up the wallet and the whole thing. And I think if, if somebody sends you a gift, then you have the wallet set up or something. I don't know. You should probably know how to do that. And you probably yeah. want to make damn sure you don't lose your wallet once you right? put your right? crypto coins in it. So, but uh, I have you know, to tell you. To, uh, I, no, yeah, go no. ahead. Well, no, I was just no. going to say that I about a month or two ago, with everything, all the craziness going on and stuff I had going on in my life, I was not going to go to CES. Uh, but you were going to brave it out, and you decided you were going to go. But wait, not so fast, huh? Well, it was the world really, has it was just in really crazy. It was Monday morning, and I'm tweeting with a bunch of people, some really smart people, some tech guys, so you know, some leaders in the field, uh, Jeremiah Owang, right. a couple of other people. And, you know, we're all going, mm, I don't know. I don't. And I said, I, I just canceled my hotel. I'm done. I'm not going to do this. And I yeah. said, and the bottom line is brands, this is supposed to be a show for the, for, for the industry. And aside right. from a couple of events, and even at that couple of events, uh, the, the brands were just kind of, I, I don't know, like they never cared. They only cared, you know, I've got to tell you, Mark, you and I have been to a lot of these events at CES and stuff, and they oh, yeah. have them digital. And many of them will put you through a giant pitch and the whole thing, and they're going to send you more inf- right. information in the future. I never got my aura ring from three years ago that I was supposed to review. I just, <laughs> I just, like, but, yeah, you know, the point know. is uh, they don't pay attention to what they're doing. So I think they've soured a lot of people on going. And it was interesting because yeah. the first... The keynotes are always important. I mean, they're always important to CES. Yeah, they're and interesting. The they first, the are. first one to bail was Mike Sievert um, from T-Mobile, and yeah. they then said they were going to significantly limit their in-person participation, and that started the snowball rolling. Then you get AT and T, and you get Amazon, yeah. and, uh, and Hisense, Google, and GM. Well, the interesting yeah. thing about I mean, GM is that Mary Barra was scheduled to give the other keynote speech, okay, on January right. 5th, which is the open 
opening keynote, and the company was going to introduce the electric Silverado pickup truck. I mean, that would have been a great keynote to be at and see it live and everything. But now she's going to make it remotely. So it's going to be, I wonder how fast they're going to, you know, get all the links out to everybody on where we can watch it who have registered for the show. Well, if you know, if you're a tech company and you uh, were planning to go and the event isn't canceled, so it's still going on. I wonder yep. where all that money that they've laid out and they've, you know, they made deposits and, you know, they had. Well, to you the know, they're not getting any space. money back. They're not getting any money. Oh, back. no, you can be sure. That, yeah, because the that, event isn't canceled. That's what I say. Yeah. And so, Google uh, said, after careful consideration, we've decided to withhold from having a presence on the show floor. And Google was yeah. like huge. I mean, Google, oh, yeah. like, took the whole parking lot in giant tents. They said Google would continue to identify and support virtual opportunities. I'm not quite sure what that means. Whatever that means. Waymo, that Waymo means. said in a blog post that it hopes to participate virtually. Now, Waymo's technologies um, are being used in Las Vegas. I mean, that's the perfect place for that. ByteDance, who owns TikTok said they'll have a virtual event for partners and advertisers. Well, that really will stretch out to everybody. Um, Intel said they were going to minimize staffing. I mean, and it goes on and on and on. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Lenovo, AT&T. It's crazy. Everybody, and it happened in just a matter of a couple days. Oh, it did. I mean, every year there's a particular couple of shows that we go to that are, are press-oriented shows where you get to go see, uh, you go into a big ballroom and there are, you know, 50 to 150 companies there. And it gives you the opportunity to be off the show floor. Uh, and I expect that's going to be just vacant now. If these companies I feel so out, sorry for the, I feel so Terrible. sorry for those companies who, who also put yeah. on those smaller events at CES because this... Right. I can't imagine anything falling apart so quickly. No, I mean, really. So quickly. This, so quickly, uh, yeah. it, it was in a matter of days. And I don't know what Gary Shapiro oh, yeah. is going to do now. Uh, he's he's going to have to change things on a dime. Now, supposedly, well, um, The Verge, CNET, and Gadget, Gizmodo, TechCrunch. Yeah, they're Crunch, not coming. They're, mm, yep. Nope, nope. They're not sending their people either. So, yeah, now, you know, for those of you who have never been to CES, I mean, it's there, there have been years that they've had as many as a half a million people, and it's kind of its heyday. It's, I think, the last couple of years, it's down to maybe two or three hundred thousand, which is still a whole lot of people. But the other ones, you know, there, there is a hallway at CES that is all international. And these yep. companies have had plans to come here from France and Germany and England and, and all these others, you know, and I don't know. And China and Taiwan. And small and, companies. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really crazy. But the the experience at CES is it's wall-to-wall people. We're don't oh, picture is. your typical uh convention. It's you are no. literally bumping into somebody every minute and last year it was canceled oh, yeah. and was all digital. But the year before I got sick in January at I CES just I before just before they announced COVID. the uh, COVID. So I'm convinced I had it once already. But Yeah, they were saying that it was a, it was probably a, uh, who knows, that could have been the super spreader for COVID. That could, I think it was, because everybody from yeah. all over the world came there. 
And I'm not poking fingers at China or anything like that. But, I mean, that's the point of CES. Uh, CES. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. They said as of this moment, they've received 42 exhibitor cancellations. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. And think about the hotels. You know, the hotels are just jam-packed during CES and the restaurants that are going to lose business because people aren't going out. Oh, my God. I uh, feel so sorry for the employees. But CES says they've added 60 new exhibitors. I can just see Gary Shapiro want a deal on a booth. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think you and I could get our own booth. Yeah, we probably could, yeah. technology radio booth. But they have excellent health measures, vaccination requirements, masking. COVID-19 tests throughout every day. So, yep. you know, maybe it'll be safe. But I'm thinking of getting a group of people to meet up at Charlie Brown's, which is on the road for from L.A. to uh, Las Vegas, and have a right. party up there. Yes, it'll be a lot safer. Yeah, it's, it's very, you know, and, the, and there's one degree of real hope that I've seen a lot of stories about the last couple of days that, you know, everybody was panicked over the, the Omicron uh, a virus and it was going to be terrible and it's it, one has turned out so far not to be horrible and two a lot of articles about that this could this could really be the end of the pandemic well that you it's know dumbed itself down and- i saw my doctor on monday and i asked yeah. him should i go to ces he said yeah go I mean, this thing, he said Omicron really? is not that bad. You've been vaccinated. You've gotten your booster. But right. the point is, right. all I could picture are incredibly long lines, no matter how many people are at CES, for the right. testing, for, testing. for the daily yeah. checking of the uh, vaccine. They'll be checking things. They're going to be long lines. for, And you know, you and I don't do lines. <laughs> no, we don't. We definitely don't do lines. <laughs> Yeah, well, so, it's interesting, actually, because Google, talking about the COVID testing, Google is now giving free COVID tests and vaccine details at a glance. So you can use Google added a new COVID-19 feature to a search tool on Wednesday for mobile users. The feature can help you find free testing centers, places to get vaccines. It'll even let you select the specific brand you want, whether it's Pfizer or Moderna or Johnson & Johnson. Um, and they, they came as Delta, the Delta and the Omicron variant continue to spread dramatically. I mean, cases of the uh, the new one are just doubling and tripling every day, which is okay, I think, because maybe it burns itself out that way. And you know, we, like I said, I thought it world. was very strange that my doctor said just go. Yeah, just go. Yeah, you know, yeah, just so go. On the, yeah, I mean, on the Google app on your mobile phone, there's a Google search field. And you type or say a term like COVID vaccines near me, and it'll give you a list of pharmacies, you know, medical facilities. Uh, you can modify the search so it shows pharmacies only giving the, the Pfizer or, you know, whatever one it was. And then also uh, there's a lot of free testing going on now. I think uh, uh, the Biden administration, I think they're doing 500 million, if I remember correctly, free COVID tests. So uh, there's a lot of free stuff floating around right now. Okay, and, we're, uh, we're, gonna talk, we're not going to talk about that, but Why? Why? Why is everyone getting constantly testing? I mean, yeah, that's a, a whole discussion for uh, discussion I, for another. I agree. Time. I wonder about that too. So I don't know. Uh, Why but are our tax dollars about- being? One other thing I wanted to mention: if you want to get specifically a Pfizer or a Moderna shot, you can right. um, put that into your Google search, and it will show you the places that just have Pfizer yeah. vaccines. You so, should listen to me more often. That's what I just said. No, but you you can put in what kind of vaccine you want. I know, and that's what I just said. 
you'll have to listen to the show sometime. I have some fascinating ideas. <laughs> but, uh, so you, you found um, a rapid COVID-19 test could show false results. Why is that? Well, depends if before you take your test, you eat, you drink coffee, you drink okay. alcohol, any number of different things, rapid tests, you know, they're not as good as the PCR tests when it comes to accuracy, but they only take 15 minutes. So a lot right. of people take them. And I know we have a couple at home here, but you have to notice that there's an expiration date on your home test kit. And that's super important right? because according to the drug manufacturers who make the tests, um, yeah, six months after an expiration date, maybe, but not, don't push it. Don't push it. Also hot or cold temperatures. If depending on how you store the kit in the house, uh, don't use rapid tests when it's really cold. They d diminish the efficacy of the test, which is interesting. They tell you to, it can be stored from 35.6 to 86 degrees Fahrenheit. But the fine print warning on the box says to make sure all test components are room temperature before use. Now, it, I don't know if your room is 86. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's room temperature to me. But also, and what you eat can make a big difference. Uh, interesting coffee and Coca-Cola can cause false positives if you're using an oral swab. Uh, yeah. You know, That's it won't bother you a big if you're sticking it up your nose unless you're pouring the soda up your nose. Anything acidic like coffee, soda, or fruit juices can mess with the chemistry of a rapid or lateral flow test. So, you know, pretty much just don't put anything in your mouth. Don't eat anything, inhale anything for at least 30 minutes before the test. <laughs> And honestly, I wouldn't yeah, blow your nose crazy. either. You probably have to have some stuff in there to take the test. I have actually not had a COVID test because I've been, you know, really in place for, I don't know, what, two years now? So I haven't been out in any place and, you know, to, to take one. Have you actually taken a COVID test yet? Yes, because when we did Thanksgiving, we don't trust our family quite as much as you trust your family. <laughs> and before everybody left their house, they were asked to take that, right. a COVID test. Yeah, and that was at the recommendation yeah, of a doctor locally. And I think it was an excellent yeah. idea. Everybody walked Good in idea. with their little flag from the Binax Biax test, and uh, we had our names written on them. Smart it was, idea. Took a picture of it, and then we knew we were clear that day. So, yeah, I think they are a good idea, but these people are taking them all the time. For God's sakes, what are you doing? I know, yeah. I, it's yeah, an I obsession it. already. But yeah, that kind of circumstance, yeah. If you're going to have a party or something, it's a good idea. Instead of giving out party favors, make them do COVID tests at your front Right, door. before they so, get in the door. Uh, not, a, not a bad idea. Exactly. Um, so we've talked about for the last probably year now, talking about Starlink, which is Elon Musk's uh, sat, uh, speed satellite um, broadband system. And apparently, now that it's getting more usage, it's starting to slow down in speeds. So when it first came down, the median d download speed in the U.S. declined from 97.23 megabits per second to 87 uh, between, let's see, the second quarter and the third quarter of 2021. 
um, and they were, you know, which is still faster than the horrible HughesNet or Viasat, which I've never tried, which, you know, get a 20 megabit download speed. But uh, it still is one of those probably, you know, even if you're able to get 80, that's going to be better than most people can get, certainly in rural areas where you're on a farm or you don't have any kind of cabling or connection or whatever it is. Uh, there was a big launch of 52 satellites uh, on December 18th, and they estimate that there'll be another 36 in 2020. So they're going to be increasing their um, capacity. And I've recently, I mentioned on the air, I've had a great Internet service. The company went bankrupt. Now we've found another one that hope is going to work. But I'm in one of those areas where I can't get cable. I can only get DSL. And this is going to be important, although when looking for for space link, they told me it would be a year before it comes to my area. And I'm in Los Angeles, so I'm not, I'm not quite sure what their you know, rollout schedule is. But uh, it's interesting. So, uh, you know, it is shrinking speed. It makes you wonder how low it will actually go as they add more and more users on that. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll that, see that's we'll true. Do. Well, you know, the fact is the latency that Starlink has. And latency is the difference from the satellite to you back and forth. A latency is only 44 milliseconds, and that's important. And the place you can find this information, if you want to double check, uh, don't forget, you can always go to speedtest.net. You can go to fast.com and just check it there because it, it's really important. You, you need to know what your speed is also, depending what you're sp paying for you. Yeah, exactly. So th this next story I, I kind of have to chuckle about. Um, you know, Radio Shack, which I don't know, would it start in the 60s and the 50s? I'm not even sure when Radio Shack first became a very popular place to get electronics. You know, it was for the kind of the geeks in the world, the, the people who were, you know, building their own radios and, and all that stuff. You know, Radio Shack has been around a long time. The television show, the goal, uh, no, no, the, uh, the one with uh, young Sheldon, he's always going to Radio Shack and that show takes place back in the 60s. So it was a very, very popular chain and then they, you know, failed to the competition as big companies like Best Buy and you know, all the other ones, Costco and places, kind of put them out of business. Uh, they are now planning to launch their own crypto site under the name Radio Shack, which I find totally fascinating. They're advertising that they're going to bring cryptocurrency to the mainstream by creating a new protocol allowing everyone to more easily use decentralized finance, which is DeFi, and it's really kind of crazy. I mean, do we need that? I don't know. You know, they're playing on the yeah, radio. Yeah, absolutely. Name, which, we absolutely than, we need that. Absolutely we need that, because cryptocurrency, no matter how hard, and I've studied it, and I basically understand it, but I can friggin' guarantee yeah, you confusing. that there's a whole lot of people in this country that don't understand it. And if Radio Shack, oh, it's just like, absolutely. just like, hello, just like. When I write for dummies books, and that's not because people are dummies, it's because technology needs to be broken down for the regular human being. So if they can right. do this, I think it's a great idea. You know, something just occurred to me because you've been writing these books for, what, 20 years? How long have you been doing this? Yep, 20 years. How, who was it that sat in a room and said, let's call these books dummy books? And it's wildly popular. But who was the guy that said, hey, that's, or a woman that said, hey, that's a great idea. Let's use the term dummy, which is not the well, most complimentary phrase. 
it was kind of interesting. I met John Kilcullen, who was the co-founder and CDG book uh, of, of and CEO of IDG Books in Foster City, and he was pretty much the first one who got the idea. Um, he overheard a customer in a computer software store, probably um, Radio Shack, <laughs> saying mm-hmm. they needed a basic book about computers. And that's how it started. And that was in 1991. And the first yeah, book was da- Das for Dummies. And that was written by Dan Gookin. Uh, not, not still a classic today, <laughs> but <laughs> right. um, that was the first. And it, it's been quite... I mean, they go, I mean, Dr. Ruth has sex for dummies. So if you have any questions about that, you buy Dr. Ruth's book. Um, My most recent book, Android Smartphones for Seniors, in the For Dummies series, which is not just for seniors, is currently the top-selling book on Android in bookstores. So that's kind of nice. So It was brilliant. It was absolutely Mm -hmm. brilliant. Mm -hmm. You know, so, yay, good, good, you know, lucky to them, good for them. Uh, we've talked a lot about uh, the last couple of weeks about tracking devices and how it may not be the safest thing that you can possibly use. What did you find out about that? Well, the interesting thing is everybody was worried about stalking. And stalking right. is a huge problem. I mean, we yeah, understand sure. that absolutely. But now there people are finding that people are trying to steal cars. So some young woman told her story on NBC, and it it was kind of interesting. Uh, She was wearing, she had an iPhone, which let her know that an AirTag had been around her. And she was checking her coat, her purse and wallet, and she can't find it, can't find it. She didn't want to go home. It was crazy. Uh, The next day, she found that when they checked her car, it was attached inside a wheel well. So that's interesting. This is a new form of car thievery, is when your car is parked in an area uh, that's maybe not well policed, which is a lot of places these days, uh, your car could get stolen. Now, remember that if you have an Apple device, you will be notified about uh, anything that's near your car when it comes to air tags mm-hmm. uh, but there is an android app that you can find in the android store i don't remember it, i think it's called AirGuard, and it is not the one made by apple i mean it's just like apple iphone users may have a, an issue putting you know google apps on their phone yeah perhaps if you have an android app uh, Android phone, you might not want to let Apple into your data. That's a very important thing because you have to sign permissions. Click, oh, I, 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 I'll allow all of this uh, when you put in a new app. So, yeah, use AirGuard because that was designed for Android phones, and that will let you know if an AirTag is attached around your area, around your body. Uh, before the show, you sent me an interesting uh, report on a company called Delete Me, which is a service that you signed up for. And uh, it was just some brief stuff you found about me, and it was interesting. I would say half the stuff on there was very old, half the stuff on there wasn't real, but, but some of the stuff was actually things, you know, phone numbers and different yeah, that things. that you so don't what want out in public. 
that you don't want out right, in public. Right, correct. Uh, it's like Absolutely. crazy. So Delete Me is a service that lets users delete their presence on other sites. Not necessarily Google, but you know all those websites where you're, you see them when you look up somebody? Yeah, of course. I mean, they'll tell you People Finder and all that stuff. They'll yep. let you know that, oh, we've got inv information on that person. Come sign up. There are even s sites that don't charge for it, which is the scariest Yeah, there's ones, a few Like Spokio around, right. and, yeah, things like that. But I got my recent report, and they have reviewed for me 4,351 total records that had my name on it. Uh, yeah, one w full record was removed. One data broker actually had my personal information, which they let me know who that was. But they let me know in the report that they were getting rid of it. And this has been running with my information uh, constantly for two years. So thank goodness I don't think there's a lot of personal information on me out there on the web. Mm -hmm. Because as you saw in some of those reports, and I'm not going to mention the website, they even had VIN numbers of cars. And, and that's dangerous, I think. That's frightening. Isn't, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, VIN numbers of cars? Uh, you don't want that stuff out there. So it's a site called Delete Me. And let me see what they charge because I really don't know. I think it, it's I think I looked genius. it up. It was like 10 bucks a month, uh, ten ninety five a month, I think, is what I saw. Well, you know, the price, the price is, uh, I think, negligible considering yeah, what, what they do. I mean, it's almost as good as, because LifeLock that we both use yes. uh, does not do that, right? I mean, it does no, not. they don't remove your, yeah. No, they it do not remove you your, exactly. So let me see. Their privacy protection, oh, oh, do, do, do. they'll do a free scan, according to the Internet, if you go to okay. uh, joindeleteme.com. And let me see. I was just going right to delete me, but joindeleteme.com. And what is the free scan that you will find? Uh, it will let you know. Go, go over to uh, joindeleteme.com slash scan. Right. And uh, you just put your yep. name in there. And they're going to see what on the surface they can find about you. And it's horrifying. We're talking about photos, email, oh, past bet. addresses, relatives, the whole thing. So, you know, I assume we're fair in saying it's like about $10 a month. I can't find the price. Yeah, I think it was ten ninety five or something like that a month, which is not that bad, you know, considering all that stuff. Yeah, I, I mean... It's it's crazy. There's too much data on us, and you know we worry about. Do we not go crazy about passwords? Oh yeah. You know, changing our passwords all the time. But if this information is out there, then <laughs> you know what's what's the deal? We you know it doesn't help us. So the plan. Okay, I finally got to the plans. The all delete me protection plans. Okay, so small, ten seventy five a month for uh, per yeah, per okay. year. If you do two years, it's eight seventy five a month. That's for one person. So right. I think it's a great idea. I recommend it highly. I like I said, I've been using it for two years, and I was wondering if it was worth the money. 
And when I saw all the stuff they had about you, <laughs> right. I, I'm convinced now that it's worth the money. Yeah, it's really, I just did the scan while we were sitting here to see what had come up, and it came up with about 400 different, supposedly different links to me. It's horrifying. Um, if I look back at my reports that they've sent me, it lists all of the, you know, like Spokia. Uh, we don't want to mention the names right. of the sites, but it mentions all of them as they've gotten rid of the information. I mean, people who are survivors of domestic violence, people, right. you know, people who, there's many reasons you don't want your data out there. And yeah, I think it's a really, it says coverage starts at 129 a year. And we'll okay. provide you premium protection from over 30 of the top data brokers. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. So there's a lot of that stuff around. And I think it's a good idea to be careful about that because that's how you get hacked. That's how people find out what your Social Security number is, mm -hmm. what your credit card numbers are. So uh, it's uh, probably worth 11 bucks a month or whatever it costs to to have that done. Yeah, so whatever it costs. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, really impressed with it. So Yeah, interesting. There you go. Uh, all right, so we're starting just about to, you know, let's see, we are in almost 2022. Uh, so we've got New Year's uh, coming in a few days. And what are the best tech habits that we should start now that will help us in 22? Do less social media. <laughs> <laughs> wow, coming from the queen well, of social media. Yeah, that's, you know, I've been working and cutting down my time on social media. To mm -hmm. be honest with you, Facebook has made it so engaging to be on Facebook. You go on Facebook. Oh, yeah. um, all I do now is I have a list of searches of friends I know. Yep. I'll go to their pages, check it out, and then I'm out. Because if you get caught in that stream, you know, somebody's Aunt Tilly died, somebody oh, yeah. got engaged, yeah. oh, look at the new baby. I mean, you could be staring at that for hours, and I don't want to waste my time. I like Twitter, and Twitter is getting better. I'm doing some of the beta work for them on, on their TweetDeck app, or TweetDeck on the browser, and they are going to be making some huge improvements on how to find people and how to find data. And I think as, if you're a news hound like I am, I think Twitter is an excellent, you're going to get a lot more real information. I'm also a member of a Twitter squad where we, I'm occasionally questioned, um, is there a problem with this tweet? You know, will you like research it? Right. And I do. And me and several other people will weigh in on the, on the topic because it's important. It's called bird watch. And we double-check to be sure everything is you know, on the up-and-up, yeah, that this is okay. There was a question as to something the president said. Everybody said, of course he didn't say that, of course he didn't say that. Right. But I, I watched the news clip, and yeah, he said it. I said, he may have made a mistake, but he said it. You know, so that was the—so it's interesting. I think Twitter is doing a heck of a job. And there were some other things here in this article that, you know, were interesting. And that's— at least build in pauses for your time online. You know, deciding. So do you find yourself? Are you are you tweeting less? I've been tweeting less for the past few months. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I have my standard, and this is important to me. I tweet uh, ten or twelve tweets every day, from articles that I've read. 
and I subscribe to, and I use a hashtag called no paywall because if you're a subscriber, you can share 10 stories a month. So between the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, New York Times, LA Times, I can share a lot of stuff. And I look for interesting stories about technology, Android, marketing, which is something I'm into. Uh, and I share them at least 12 a day. So if you go over to my feed app, Marsha Collier on Twitter, you're going to see stories in those topics. And Twitter will also tell you what topics I cover at the top of my uh, profile page. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So, that's, you know, and that way you can learn people to follow. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great idea. I don't tweet, needless to say, a lot. Uh, very, very little, in fact. Uh, mostly when I do distinguished speakers or something like that, and I have a nice poster, you know, picture that I want to post. But uh, I've never been big on doing that. But well, just so you know, know, one out of every five tweets should be self-referential. So if you're going to post a picture okay. of you with someone, yep. post at least four more that are of interest to the community. I thought it was really cool that one Israel Ortiz, one of our listeners, mm -hmm. um, missed us on... What was it? Audacity? What uh, was it? Audible. And he tweeted. It was actually audible. It was audible. And yeah. for some reason, when we had moved over to another producer, we had lost our Audible stream. So it was great. Thank you for tweeting to us. And Mark yes, is thank you. That was great. real Mark Cohen. I'm at Marsha Collier. That's M A R S H A. And we appreciate hearing it. So I want to thank you, Juan, for being a great yeah. member of our community. Yeah, and you know, if we, because we don't do the show live anymore, we don't get some of the interaction we used to have. So some of our listeners, like Valencia, who's been with us almost since probably the beginning of the show, and oh, who else am I missing? Linda Sherman, and a lot of people that I know are still out there. I just, you know, I miss some of the interaction that we have with yeah, our regular they post, listeners. So. And if you want, you can, aside from your favorite uh, podcasting service, and we're on all of them. We're, yes. You name it, we're on there. We also post a link on our Facebook page, computerandtechnologyradio.com, and you can always listen to it from there, too. So we're there wherever you need us. Once a week, it's on a Monday, and it should be waiting for you if you subscribe in your downloads at the when you wake up Monday morning. Yeah, exactly. And, and thank you for following. And also, if you have a chance and you get a chance to rate us, I know I noticed on Audible, you can just click your rating of the show and that helps us. So please do that. We'd love to see uh, whether you like us. And if you don't like us, I don't know, don't listen, I guess. Oh, yeah, but, just don't uh, listen. Just don't <laughs> but listen if you to like us. us, spread the word because that's nice. So you found an article, The Best Laptops for 2022. Yeah. And I mean, to be frank with you, I mean, to me, a laptop's kind of a laptop at this point. Yeah. And I have the Dell XPS 13. So tell us about it, and what do you well, think I, about the list? Well, first of all, a couple of tips. You know, first you've got to really decide how much budget you want to spend. You know, a lot of laptops these days you can get for under $500. And for the most part, those are laptops that work really well. You don't have to spend a fortune. For example, there's a Lenovo Idea Pad. 3.14. It's got excellent reviews. Four, uh, four out of five stars. Sells for five hundred and seventy-five dollars on Amazon. Uh, uh, and it's sure. Got <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, yeah. I mean, yeah, on Amazon. But if you go to the Lenovo website, they're going to allow you to upgrade everything on that puppy, well, right. right? I mean, and know yeah, that. 
true. from all the sites. And also know that if you have an American Express Platinum card, uh, I think it's just the business card, but you can get $200 off of your purchases from Dell every year. So that's something to consider if, yeah, you know, that nice helps. Yeah. yeah, that helps cut the cost of the credit card considerably. So, you know, you found some streaming services that um, can save a bunch of money. And we talk about this all the time. Hey, I'm going to do this every year. And then people seem to spend more and more money. So what kind of free uh, streaming services are there? Well, you know, the most important thing you have to remember is when you sign up for any, any streaming service, be darn sure you put that date on your cattle uh, calendar so that the follow and to get a notification to remind you that it will be up for uh, resubscribing because they're going to charge your credit card whether you're still watching it or not. So, you know, that's not right. something you have to do. Now, uh, Peacock is interesting, NBC Universal's thing. Um, you get a mix of current NBC shows and they have old NBC shows and you can sign up for a free version of Peacock without a credit card. Uh, you'll need to upgrade to premium, which costs $5 a month with ad or $10 a month without ads. You know, I can live with the ads. Remember, Mark, you and I were at CES, well, maybe a decade ago, and they started with the subscription everything. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. said, it's going to be $10. We're going to be paying hundreds of dollars on this, and everybody is. So, you know, $5 a month with ads is great, but there's a free level use that as long as you can that's that's right. what i'd recommend also yeah. crackle do you ever use crackle no i've seen it i've never really used it yeah you can stream on crackle without signing up for an account now remember you can download the apps like for crackle onto your amazon fire stick mm. there or they may be on there already you never know so you can watch crackle on any device any mobile platform or whatever and don't forget Pluto TV. Yeah, I thought Pluto TV was going away, but it seems that they haven't. Because <laughs> um, a lot of people like Pluto because Pluto has a lot of yeah, stuff. Okay. And there's live TV, but it's not the live TV that we see on cable or satellite. It can be like you and I, if we want a TV show. Ta -da. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we exactly. we could go on on uh, Pluto, so it's an interesting one. I think you should look through it, uh, especially if you don't want to spend any money. And Spotify. Yeah. Do you use Spotify? From time to time, not often, but from time to time, I've used it. Well, it's a music streaming service, and it's cool. And we are on Spotify, Spotify with our podcast. Nice. And you can listen to its full music catalog for free and our podcast. <laughs> but if you want to upgrade, they have four different plans. There's a student deal for $5. No wonder my daughter has one, huh? Oh, there you go. Yeah, so, uh, you know, and, uh, did you see the one that was best for exercising? No, that kind so of blew me away. Nike, Nike Training Club. That was oh, amazing. It's uh, replaces Peloton. It's supposedly for, f hmm. who knows? I, I see it's a free app for iOS and Android called Nike Training Club. And it offers a variety of home workouts and programs to help you set a week workout schedule. So I think that's genius because 
I'm not. Pay, I, there are a few things that I'm just not buying because you have to pay for a subscription. Well, right. Am I right? I mean, there's yeah. a lot in other, even some of the fitness bands and stuff like that. No, I'm not paying a monthly subscription. Right. I buy a product. Let me use it. So anyway, that yeah. is good subscriptions, and I'm going to definitely check out. I'm going to maybe I'll review Nike Training Club for the new year because that's a good one for the. Oh, new there you year. go. Yeah. Hey, I'll give you a, a movie that I was pleasantly surprised by, and I didn't expect to like, and it really was outstanding. And it's being the Ricardos which is the story, of course, of one week in the life of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, a difficult week. And, I, you know, there's a lot of criticism. Oh, Nicole Kidman, she can't possibly be Lucy and Javier Bardem. He's Spanish. She's not Cuban. And, and I, I have to tell you, they did an outstanding job. I mean, you could feel like you were watching Ricky Ricardo in, in I Love Lucy or, you know, uh, Desi Arnaz. Nicole Kidman had down the voice and the look of Lucy. And I want to say J.K. Simon, who you probably know from a million, he's an Academy Award winning actor. He played Fred Mertz in this. He well, he's he's the farmer's insurance guy, which uh, yeah, everybody right, loves exactly. him as. And just so you know, just yeah. like Roger Ebert and his partner of old days, remember they used to do movies? Yeah, Siskel well, and Ebert. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Siskel and Ebert. I don't agree with you. I. Oops. Um, I didn't like the Ricardo's series because it, it wasn't Lucy to me. Yeah, the, the movie well, with no, uh, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. I didn't like it. And oh, well, it, was, it was interesting, but I didn't like the, where they placed the flashbacks. And a yeah. lot of her voice, honestly, I've heard Lucy. I've heard Lucy in person. She did not sound like Nicole Kidman. So I think what I'm going to do is maybe look at it again. But yeah, really, I, it, did not did wow, it did not wow me. And plus, Desi Arnaz was a very handsome man. And the man yeah, who played him, the man yeah, who played him was not, not handsome. So yeah. it was hard to believe the entire premise of the whole thing is that uh, Desi Arnaz was a cheating son of a gun. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. So, you know, yeah. uh, but uh, you're right. The guy who plays Fred Mertz, yeah, if there's an award Simmons. to be won for the show, he would be the one. And the woman that played Vivian Vance, I thought, did a very nice job. Nina she didn't uh, Arianda. Ex- but, but, you know, that was another interesting thing. They did not show how close Vivian Vance and Lucille Ball were. And right. they were incredibly close. So, yeah. yeah, I didn't like it for those reasons. Interesting. But, I, you know... It was okay. It was entertaining and for free, definitely worth it. Well, yeah. So it I, I'd give yeah, for free. Yeah. I'd I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, I th- I th- as I say, I liked it more than I actually thought I was going to, and it's gotten pretty good reviews. It's gotten a seventy on sixty nine on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which is not a bad review. You know, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I I did it. Gave it a thumbs up, but definitely it's not a ten. It's it's oh, a no, solid. No, but- it's a solid seven. Se- yeah, seven point five. But did, uh, didn't you find that Javier Bardem had his mannerisms and the voice? And I thought he yes, did a very. Yes, but yeah, but yeah. but it, he wasn't handsome. <laughs> no, well, you're right about that. Ricky, Ricky Ricardo, uh, Desi Arnaz was an extremely good-looking guy. Exactly. But uh, exactly. it was a it was a fascinating series, and I thought everybody uh, had done a good job. Are you watching anything else? Well, Christmas Day, we're going to watch the classic Christmas movie that I can't remember the name of. Um, <laughs> classic Christmas movie with the best song ever is called Love Actually. 
That's oh, yeah, what we're going to watch on Christmas Day. We're having some people over who will take their tests before they come into the house. And uh, we're going to watch Love Actually because I think we saw Scrooged, which to me is always an excellent film. I love Scrooged. Yeah, that is. Bill Murray was at his best in his career, I think, when he did that, I think. Yeah, uh, that was a very, very... There's a lot of good... You know, they talk about uh, funny Die Hard as being a Christmas film. I You know, because we've talked about that before. I guess it takes place during Christmas. Uh, I, I don't know exactly uh, calling that a Christmas film. Yeah, uh, you know, it, they, it is... Um, I watched Reds too, which occurred at, at Christmas. So you know, it's interesting. Reds, that that was the uh, with all the great actors. Mm-hmm. Reds, Reds. Yeah. I love or Red. I don't know Helen Mirren. Yeah, she was um, great. I love her. Yeah, that that was a Christmas movie. So anyway, yeah. so now th- okay. I guess the cat's out of the bag that we've recorded this before Christmas, and we have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you you were the one that made yes. Uh, Meow. Yeah, yeah, hello. <laughs> Cat out of the bag. Yeah, there but, you go. Yeah, we did record you know. before Christmas. Well, we wanted to have a show for you, and we wanted to do a show, you know, and, and nobody likes working on holidays. So uh, we decided to tape the show a little early this week, so you had a show for next week. So I uh, hope you So say goodbye, it. Mark, and let's... Yeah. Hey, listen, everybody, uh, have a happy new year, a great holiday, and we'll uh, see you in a week or so, and uh, be well. And thank you for listening. Tell your friends, and we hope... 2022 is an incredibly special year for you and all your friends and family. So come on back next week. We'll have a new show, probably pre-recorded, but hey, it's a podcast. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier, produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought.